Hello there, and welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, the UK NFL fantasy football podcast with me, Alex Brindle. And me, Alex Sharples. No Lewis again this week. He is back from holiday, but he just can't he can't face being on the podcast for his awful Russell Wilson takes. He's hiding away in his room. And Cole Komet, don't forget Cole Komet. And Cole Komet, yes. Week three, in the books, a lot to chat about. Some pretty competitive, if not totally high-scoring games at the weekend. What were your favourite ones to watch, Apples? Favourite ones to watch, I think probably the uh, Dolphins against the Bills was a real real nail-biter. Um, not as high-scoring as I think a lot of people thought. Um, but re- really back and forth, really tense and tight. Obviously, you can tell by the by the score, 21-19. We obviously had the infamous uh, punt, which came off that bloke's ass. which I've, I mean, I've not been watching the NFL for that long, but I can honestly say I've never seen that before. Um, so a lot of drama, some good football, and yeah, I think visually probably one, probably the most pleasing match. Uh... Yeah, it, the Bills are still the best team in football, I would say. Yeah. But um, I can't believe... Tua came back into that game. Is all I have to say about that. Like he got rocked. He, he's got he's got like he's on the injury report with um with a back injury I think, but and a leg injury. But that he was out of it. He was completely knocked out. And a similar thing with Mahomes in the playoffs a few years ago, where it's just scary to see a guy like that. And what I will say is maybe the Bills OC was it who was in the box. What a moron. Just yeah, relax, yeah. mate. It, it's week three. He made an absolute show of himself, like a spoilt teenager throwing everything around. Yeah. What an idiot. Um, the Chiefs losing to the Colts. God, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's slow. He's slow, yeah. mate. And he's he's bad. Don't let the result fool you. He's bad. You know, um, it came down to it. They were chasing the game. They had one possession left. They knew what they had to do, and he got it done. I mean, he certainly has been a really good quarterback. He's a competent quarterback, but just from what I've seen those first three games, he's not hes not the Matt Ryan that we've seen in the past, and I think it was uh, a bit of a fluky win, this one. It feels like he aged 10 years of the off-season. Like, yeah. he got sacked in the first quarter because he looked like he was glued to the floor, and if you have someone like Michael Pittman on your team... It's painful to watch that offense. Yeah. Um, what happened to the Colts' offensive line as well? You know, and it, it feels weird going like in on them after a win, but we are concerned with fantasy on this podcast. And this offense, it doesn't fill me with excitement going forward. It really doesn't. Even with Johnny T, it's like. It's just painful. It really is painful. You finally get a bit like how they won the game. You, you kind of finally get over the line with a okay result, but yeah, lad, I don't know about this one. But tell me about about the Jaguars. I mean, un- unbelievable. Probably the the most surprising result of the week. Um, Chargers are really banged up. We need to say that first of all. Obviously, Herbert played, but whether he was himself, you could argue. Um, They've lost, um, his name escapes him, but a really talented guard, I think, in his second year, um, who who gives him so much time in the pocket to operate. And obviously, Keenan Allen didn't play. So, a lot of injuries from the, from the Chargers. But having said that, I mean, Jaggy was 38-10. They absolutely mauled him. Trevor Lawrence looked great. He was spreading the ball around all over the place. Um, they looked really fluid, good defensively. Yeah, just an unbelievable um, match from, from the Jaguars. And considering where they were last season, I mean, his... Is it confirmed? Is is Doug Peterson a wizard? Oh man, of course he's a wizard. He's <laughs> unbelievable. We 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 liked him coming in, but yeah, sure, Herbert was banged up. But the last time I checked, Justin Herbert doesn't play defense. You know what I mean? It was no. it was the Jags. Yeah. It was the Jags' offense that looks great. They've got weapons everywhere. The commentator on the broadcast mentioned how good Peterson's Eagles teams were in the red zone, and this seems to be brought to Jacksonville as well. Fantastic result. Like, really, another really fun team to watch. Speaking of fun teams to watch, I was disappointed by the Lions versus Vikings game. 24-28 is... The game wasn't as good as that score sounds. Uh, The Vikings somehow won after playing awfully again. And at at times, that Vikings offense just looks badly run and pretty confused, I'll be honest with you. 
Yeah, I mean, you only need to look at Justin Jefferson's stat line to see that. I mean, that that is not that is not the. Uh, I mean, what three receptions, fourteen yards for someone like him? That's yeah. just outrageous. Yeah, Eagles twenty-four, Commanders eight. Eagles are rolling. The Broncos and Niners was a putrid game for offense. Uh, we'll probably mention some of the Broncos plays in a little bit. Cowboys, 32-16 Giants. You know, surprise, surprise, you run the ball with Pollard and Zeke splitting carries 50-50. You throw the ball to CD Lamb twice as much as anyone else, and that's your best chance of winning a game whilst Dak and Gallup are out, and you win the game by doing all those things. You can't help but expect more from Lamb, probably. I mean, he, he, he played well, but nowhere near what his ceiling should be. No, I mean he, he had a he had a good game, but it should have been a great game. I mean, twelve targets, eight receptions, and a touchdown. But did you see the the drop that the big deep deep? I mean, it, it could have been an extra touchdown, an extra forty fifty yards, and suddenly you've gone from yeah a good display to someone who's won you a week. This is why we're hesitant to put Lamb in that real top group of wide receivers yet because that happens too much, I would say. Yeah, and the Bengals back on track against the Jets. All I'll say about this is Robert Sala. Get a fade on that beard, mate. Honestly, it drives me crazy. It drives. He's got like opposite sideburns. Like geezer, come on, get a fade on that thing. Um, what's your not buying it win this week? Not buying it win. Um, I think it's probably going to be them every week, but I don't care. It's the Chicago Bears. They still stink. That offense looks like a a creaky old rundown bike. I hate them. Uh, Justin Justin Fields is a quarterback who can't throw a ball. They've won one game in the middle of the sea. They lost, and then they've stumbled to a, a three point victory over the Texans. I really don't care. I don't think they'll. I just I, I just think they'll finish. They've got they've won two games now. They'll finish fifteen and two. Sorry, two and fifteen. Fifteen and two would be remarkable. Yeah, Bears every day of the week. Don't like them. Think they're the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not buying the Panthers being the Saints. Um, Matt Rule, he's out of there at the end of next year, probably same with Mayfield, or at least on the bench. Impressive victory. Are we are we in agreement with the Jaguars on this one? Yeah, I think you have to. Obviously, credit to the Dolphins for beating the Bills, but I mean, in, Jaguars all day for me. Just uh, Not just the win, but in the way that they did it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and who's the worst team in the league? Um, in case anyone missed it, it's the Chicago Bears. I, I'm I'm gonna go Seahawks. I'm gonna spice it up a bit. This week, Sharples, I want us to to take a look at some player reflections, some individual players. Look how people are actually doing. Catch up with like some performances and just get a feel for the scope of the environment. You know who's playing well, who really isn't. Before we get into it, I don't want to. I don't want to forget to say that it really needs to be established that the quarterback play, and to be honest, much of the high-end running back play this year has been bad. It has been really bad. Yeah, um, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get into the individual players, obviously, but like you you're not happy with so many people that you drafted really high and. There's not exactly loads of streaming options as well, which is the hard thing. There's there's kind of an abundance of streaming options at like the tight end, but yeah. the high end tight end, the high end tight ends are kind of playing relatively well. So yeah, but let's get into these. Let's let's talk about some players who are playing really well. And can you name me someone who's playing better in fantasy and real life at the minute than Lamar Jackson? No, I can't, and um, it's unfortunate for me because I was so in on him last season and obviously didn't quite pan out. He was injured and didn't click. And um, with with all that was going on with the contract talk, and I saw a few photos of him pre-season and he didn't look in the best shape, I thought, oh, God, what's this going to be? But to be fair, he's absolutely smashed it. And I think what's really separating him from the pack, which is, I think, what did it in his MVP season a few years ago, is the legs. I mean, uh, 107 rushing yards, was it? Uh, last week and you know that's 10.7 fantasy points there I mean which is you know unbelievable so no I mean for me yeah L- Lamar Jackson is absolutely smashing it 
Yeah, 39 points this past week. He just had 40 points the week before. He, he kind of deserves his own segment because he's mm. just playing absolutely out of his mind at the minute. He's the highest scoring fantasy player by 15 points already. He's he's more than 40 points ahead of the quarterback five. He's obviously the quarterback one. But yep. 243 rushing yards this season, two touchdowns as well. He's fifth in the league in rushing yards. He would be, in fantasy, the running back 23 on the season so far. <laughs> he's got those 749 passing yards to go with that. 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, 119 passer rating. This is why, at the start of every year for the past three years and probably for at least the next five years, if I had to bet on a player to be the fantasy MVP and the real-life MVP, I'd bet on Lamar Jackson because it feels like you've got the best chance of a return on your bet. There's not really anyone with the ceiling that he's got, and I'm no way saying he's the best quarterback in the league. You know, He's not as good as Josh Allen or Mahomes, but he's truly a unique player who can single-handedly win football games, and he's a game-breaker, and there's no one else in the league like that, is, is what I'll probably say. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Jalen Hurts, 27 points, very nice. Josh Allen, 24. These three guys, Lamar, Hurts and Allen, are the only ones that you're happy with at the quarterback position. The 20 points clear of the rest of the pack already. And you are very lucky if you've got one of them on your team. Running backs, Khalil Herbert, James Robinson, Derek Henry, Jamal Williams, Singletary, Damien Pierce with a nice game. Wide receivers, Devonta Smith had an unbelievable first half and some fantastic catches. Thielen, Amari Cooper, Alave, Devonta Parker, Lamb, and Mac Hollins with 29 points. Whatever. Don't care about that one. (laughs) Mark Andrews and Njoku. But this is what we're here for. The the bad players. They were either busts or players that you're unhappy with with considering where you drafted them or what they mean to your team. If we're going to start with quarterback, Tua after the breakout game, 11 points. Like I know it was against the Bills, but a lot of people will have plugged Tua in this week and not happy whatsoever. Not happy whatsoever. Brady, 14 points. You're waiting for those weapons to come back. I think the Bucks are going to be fine. Herbert with 12, Rogers 16, Stafford 10. Just before we get onto these last two, what I want to highlight and get your opinion on Sharples, on those guys that I just mentioned, I have to say it, Cousins outscored Wilson, Brady, Rogers, and Stafford again. <laughs> but I don't. I, I genuinely don't take much pleasure in saying that this week because I, I expected a, so much. It's a bit of a hollow victory this season so far. <laughs> yeah, I, I expected so much more from Cousins this past weekend, so I, it doesn't fill me with pleasure saying that this week. But he is currently above all them quarterbacks, which was my proclamation at the start of the season. But the, the worst thing with quarterbacks this season is, out of those three guys that we mentioned before, the the bad people are the ones that you drafted. The ones yep. that you need to play every week and you can't really drop them. It's not like you're surfing the waiver wire because you drafted like a Cousins or a Kyra at the end of the draft. You drafted a Brady or a Stafford or a Rodgers and... The people that are on the waiver wire don't will never look as good as these players in your lineup. So you kind of handcuff to these guys until they turn a corner. And speaking yeah. of guys that you completely handcuff to, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. What what are your thoughts on those two guys at the minute? Um, I think Kyler still still has potential. I think he's all he's always got the the possibility that he's going to create a little bit of magic as as he did you know, two weeks ago when he was absolutely dead in the water, you know, middle of the third quarter, and then suddenly he, he turns it on and finished with 20 points. So I'm less worried about him. Also, he's going to have DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Russell Wilson, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think Cortland Sutton's looks a lot better over the past couple of weeks, which is a positive sign. Um, and I, I always thought those two had, had combined really nicely. But yeah, Wilson, it's just... I, I thought of all of all the acquisitions that, that happened in the offseason, I think I thought he would just plug in and play and, you know, he's, he's an intelligent quarterback. I thought he'd really fit there, but it's just not. Whether it's an issue of time, I don't know, but obviously, you know, 
we're already three games down. Um, it's it's looked very disjointed. Um, but I, I am I'm struggling to blame Wilson when I do think there's a lot of incompetence going on at the head coaching position. I'm not entirely sure he's the best fit. Um, I don't think they're gelling very well, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see a coaching change before, uh, well, around the halfway point of the season. In all honesty. Interesting. Interesting. I, I hadn't actually thought of that, to be fair. But yeah, I mean, it's glaringly obvious the deficiencies in this coaching staff when you watch this team play, if you can bear to watch them play. That yeah. is um, really not nice. Wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Dud Week, Tyreek Hill, Rashad Bateman and Brandon Cooks, bad weeks as well. The one that I want to highlight, DJ Moore, 2.5 fantasy points. Are you? Do you drop him? Do you, do you drop him? And let me add a question onto that. Would you drop him, yes or no? And if you did see another team drop him to the waiver wire, would you pick him up, yes or no? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop him, and I would pick him up purely because. Well, you, again, it's a tough one. I, I don't think you can drop him purely because you spent a lot of capital on him, and there is a few people out there on the waiver wire at the minute, but they're they're sort of you know here for the next couple of weeks, but maybe not full season. And there's always a chance. I mean. The, you talk about you know betting on talent. DJ Moore is extremely talented. I would much rather be in a position of acquiring him from the free agency if someone's dropped him. Um, but maybe you know he's got he's got name value. If you can package him in a trade for someone, I'd say do that. But I think he's he's the kind of guy with, with the capital you spent on him. Imagine fourth round. They're so hard to just drop those guys. And you know there there is a reasonable quarterback. Um, in the wings for Carolina. I know he's injured at the minute, but if Sam Darnold comes back in, you never know what's going to happen with that. So I, I'd i struggle to drop DJ more purely because of what I would have spent to get him. Oh, man, I, I don't know who I would rather have out of Mayfield or Darnold. The ball, yep. terrible. Um, I, I agree with you that if I'm doing anything, I'm looking to package him in a trade with that name value. Hopefully... It, it, it bumps up the value in the trade, uh, but yep. you, you're not going to get anything for him on his own, so he's going to have to be a package deal. Running backs, Daryl Henderson, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, AJ Dillon, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, all with not great games. Two I want to highlight, though. Firstly, Alvin Kamara. What's going on? Uh, I'd love to be able to tell you. I don't know. Um that... That that Saints offense has some really nice pieces. It's just they they haven't seemed to be able to get it together yet. Um, I, I I'm not I'm not a big advocate for Jameis Winston to be honest with you. I feel like he he gives the ball away too much. Um, I don't think I don't think the risk is worth the reward. Um, and I I just don't think that I don't know maybe maybe the the changing coaching staff, but I just don't think that they're giving the ball to Alvin Kamara as much as they should do. I mean he's. He's been an unbelievable running back for the past few years. Not only that, he's also been efficient. I, I don't know whether there's just not the same trust placed in him as, as, as there's been for the past couple of years. But yeah, something definitely off in New Orleans, I think. Yeah, and because every week Kamara's not exactly like goose in you, it, it seems to go under the radar a little bit. But this is like verging on a crisis for people who drafted Alvin Kamara. He should be a top five running back. Like, yep. no-brainer. But, you know... Uh, we're in this situation that we are now. And Javante Williams with nine points. I'm sick of waking up and seeing that Javante Williams scored eight or nine points in the teams yeah. where I have him. And I'm also sick of reading off the same script every week. Javante Williams looked great, yeah. Uh, this offense looks bad, though. They need to get him the ball more. It's like Groundhog Day every week. <laughs> At what point do you start saying... Maybe that Javante Williams pick for me in my draft wasn't great. Maybe he might be be becoming a bit of a bust this year. No way am I like saying get out of the guy right now, trade him, whatever. Yeah. But the patience is definitely wearing thin. As to you can hear me on this podcast over the past few weeks gushing over how good Javante looks, but I totally agree with people who are saying, but the results aren't there and. Let's say we get to week seven, week eight, and Javante Williams is still averaging nine, ten points a game. Where does that leave you? Because you can't really get much for him trading-wise. You can't really put him in your team unless it's like two flex league or something and you're hoping for upside. He's definitely capped by this offense, and Melvin Gordon's still inexplicably getting so much work. 
But yeah, I'm just I'm growing tired of this whole thing. No, I, I think it just it ultimately displays the you know the disparity between fantasy football and real life. Obviously, for fantasy football purposes, we can clearly see who the better player is. Let's just give him the ball every time. And you'd think that'd be the same the same logic for the NFL coaches, but obviously, you know. They see him week in, week out. They see the bangs, the bruises, the injuries. They don't. They want to try to, you know, take the strain off it. And having as good a backup as Melvin Gordon, obviously not the player he used to be, but still a very competent backup, it's the kind of thing they love. I mean, you're seeing it in um, in LA with the Rams, with Sean McVay splitting it between Henderson and Akers. Both of those guys have the potential, in my opinion, to be, you know, a top 10 running back. It's just they're never going to have that opportunity. And uh, yeah, I think it's just one of the frustrations of, uh, of following fantasy football so close. Yeah, and tight end Darren Waller didn't have a great game, but don't worry about it. Agreed. On to the worst part of the podcast every week: the uh, the injuries. We'll just we'll just rip them off like a band aid. We'll we'll run through them. David Montgomery day to day with a knee and ankle injury. Dalvin Cook day to day with a shoulder injury, but he has played with that mechanism on his arm before, and he was unbelievable. So if he's playing. Put him in your lineup. DeAndre and Swift. If, sorry to interrupt, mate. If Alexander Madison is available, take him because he's. Whenever Dalvin Cook's out, he's always been great. Oh, yes, yes. DeAndre Swift, both shoulder and ankle injuries. Dan Campbell, the coach, suggested that Swift might benefit from a few weeks off. So it doesn't sound great for him this upcoming week. Obviously, Jamal Williams is big time in play there. I'm going to mention him in a little bit. Mixon suffered an ankle injury, but he's going to be good on Thursday night against Miami. Michael Thomas, toe injury, not spotted at practice on Wednesday, so monitor this one. Mac Jones, that looked pretty painful. He looked like he was really hurt. Annoying because I was only just noting down on Sunday how much Mac Jones can actually move. I know pretty impressed I actually was with this. New England yep. offense. Um, I, I I was actually watching him, and I was thinking, this is this is fun. You know, Matt yep. Jones is moving around. He's looking really confident. Devontae Parker is getting up there. Um, so this is a shame. He's going to miss a few weeks, definitely. Amon Ra, St. Brown, ankle injury. Tests on Monday were encouraging, but it's really uncertain whether he's going to play this next week. I would say... If he doesn't play, then DJ Chark is definitely in play. I heard you uh, sound a little disappointed with this one, Sharples. Yeah, I mean, he's in my team. Obviously, I picked him a couple of weeks ago. Had that unbelievable game. Love the man. Um, and I, I, I'm seeing. I think on a lot of the fantasy websites, it's showing you know day to day he might play. But from what I've heard, I, I really don't think he will. Um, but you are 100% right. I think DJ Chark, a lot of people have dropped him, but I would get him straight on because I think I could see him filling that target monster role that St. Brown vacates. Yeah, and to finish off, to uh, back and ankle injuries. Limited in practice and he's questionable, but he plays on the Thursday night game, so have a pivot ready and keep an eye on this on Thursday and be ready to just take him out of your lineup. Ah, yes. Your favourite or least favourite part of the show, depending on what happened at the weekend. Like Lou always says, we love accountability on this podcast. We should really start counting these up to see how many we hit on, how many we completely miss on as well, because it would show us who's most accurate, I suppose, at the end of the season. Let's do that as of next week. I'll get that noted down for Lou to crack on with. Um, How did your tight end do last week? (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for starting with this one, Al. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, unfortunately, my bust pick of the week uh, was at the tight end position, uh, as I think you well know. Uh, yeah, I, it's annoying this one because I was torn between Dallas Goddard and Logan Thomas, who both played against each other. And I thought, you know what, Logan Thomas is probably more widely available in the league, so I'm going to pick him. Um, Goddard didn't do much better other than other than catching a touchdown, which obviously adds, you know, Adds a good amount of points on, but yeah, Logan Thomas, he played 65% of the snaps, but he just couldn't put anything together. Uh, Wentz was looking more for the wide receiver trio, you know, your Curtis Samuels, your McLaurins and your um, Jahan Dotsons. Uh, so only three targets, two receptions and a stinky five yards for Logan Thomas. So um, yeah, you know, if one of those leads to a touchdown, it, it masks it, but um, yeah, n- not a good display and um, certainly my worst pick uh, of the week, unfortunately. Yeah. My tight end wasn't great either. 
Hayden Hurst, um, after all that talk about him last week, just two targets from reception for seven yards. I'll take I'll take a big old L on this one as well, Sharples. Even your tight end beat mine this week. Well, let, let's move on from the two running back. I'm just going to get mine out of the way. Montgomery, one fantasy point. He got injured at the start of this game, okay? And Khalil Herbert proceeded to go nuclear with, like, 30 points. Um, I'm not saying that Montgomery would have had the same game as Herbert did, but if you're a Montgomery owner, you can't help but feel cheated out of a nice week, um, seeing how much Herbert ran over that that defence, and Montgomery's a better running back, so... I'm saying Montgomery scored 30 points this week. Um, are we in agreement? <laughs> <laughs> no, how did yours do, Sharps? Uh, so I went for uh, Tony Pollard. Um, he was coming off the back of a really good week. I was hoping that it would be the passing of the torch, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. Um, Ezekiel Elliott got, got a good amount of work as well and managed to, to nab the touchdown. Um, Pollard had a, had a good game. Uh, really good on the ground, 105 yards from from 13 attempts, so really efficient. But unfortunately, the the big difference was he had seven targets the week before and only one uh, this week and didn't catch it. And so obviously it's it's a lot of points lost there. Uh, a reasonable performance, but I was I was hoping for more. And unfortunately, old man Zeke has uh, has stolen a bit of work from him. Old man Zeke looks great, I have to say. He looks great mm. from time to it, time. From time to time is is the is the big point in that, yeah. How about your wide receiver? Um, yeah, good, good, solid week. Went for Christian Kirk. Uh, I was hoping it was a relatively safe pick. He'd had two good uh, weeks the week before. Um, nine targets, six receptions, seventy-two yards, and a touchdown. Um, I mean, as as good as the, the Jags' offense was, it was a little bit annoying, really, because they, they were flowing so well and, and spreading the ball around that. You know, um, Zay Jones had a big week as well, but there, there wasn't that sort of focus on one particular player. Um, and so each of the starting wide receivers, the three starting wide receivers, each got a touchdown. So that took away a little bit from Kirk, but I mean, more than happy with his performance, uh, a 20-point week. And uh, yeah, looking looking really solid still, looking like a really high, high floor guy. Yeah, love him this year, to be fair. Uh, Adam Thielen, 18 points. Uh, he got a touchdown. So I told you so. Wide uh, open touchdown as well, by the way. Did you see that? Absolutely, yes. Just how we like them. Just how we yeah. like them for it's the like they forgot about 30, for the thirty-two-year-old Adam Thielen uh, and quarterback to round this one off. Um, so I went for Joe Burrow, but not only did I say Joe Burrow, I said I believe three hundred yards and three touchdowns, maybe even four touchdowns. I can't quite remember. Unfortunately, he finished with 275 and three touchdowns, but I believe he was robbed of the breakout game just by the Jets' poor offense. At halftime, he had three touchdowns, I believe, and 200 yards, but after that, they just slowed the game right down. He didn't have to do any more. Um, I, I feel like if he'd have continued with the same impetus, he could have had about 400 yards and five touchdowns, but unfortunately, the Jets decided to roll over. So no breakout game for Joe Burrow, but still a really, really good game, and he looked calm accomplished and um the kind of quarterback that you that you went up slightly higher to draft than than waiting later so yeah a good week for joe yeah nice nice to see uh and kirk cousins my guy 18 points he was fine you know um bit disappointed with it but passable and he was ahead of all those other guys so i suppose it's a win but yeah Sharples. Let's talk some trades, mate. This past week in our main league, there's been a lot of trade activity, the Bottom World Championship. It was sparked by a trade on Saturday that involved me and Jalen Waddle and our friend Josh and Leonard Fournette. So I wanted to to address trading on this week's podcast. Now, obviously we could sit here and we could list off a bunch of names and play the who would you rather have game, or would you trade this person for this person? And there's not there's not much use in that because trading's a lot more nuanced. You can't really view a trade in a vacuum. We can't definitely say, yeah, I'd trade Debo for Mixon because we don't know the makeup of the teams that each player is coming from. Uh, so instead, we're just going to go for a few tips when trading that might make the process a bit more beneficial for people going forward. Um have you got have you got one for me there, Sharples? 
Yeah, I think my big one is um, looking for high-end underperformers and trading them for current overperformers. Um, you know, obviously, you've got to exercise the degree of, um, of you know, caution and knowledge. And, you know, if not just pick the, the guy who was drafting number one, you know, even if he's having a terrible season. But, for example, you know, the before Derek Henry had his, had his good week last week or, you know, your Dalvin Cooks, if, if you think, you know, that the, the first couple of games where they've not been doing that well is, you know, uh, is, isn't is reflective of the season they're going to have, then go for them and, you know, trade it for the guys who maybe, you know, there's a, some younger wide receivers maybe, um, or for example, some of the guys in uh, in New York where obviously Joe Flacco's not going to be the quarterback for that much longer and if you're not sure if they're going to continue the kind of runs when, when Zach Wilson comes back, they're the old performers. See if you can get a, a really good, you know, um, guy, a high-end guy who hasn't hasn't been performing as well as he should have been. So, yeah, big tip for me. High-end underperformers for the uh, low-end overperformers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a nice tip. Uh, and just a, a pretty simple one. You know the names that everyone wants going into the season. Have any of them been underperforming? But that's, yeah. that's what you need to do. Um, I would say look at who in your league is currently 0-3. Th- or, you know, if it's in a few weeks, who is 0-5 or has only got one win. They're going to be desperate to change the team, so you could buy low or sell high on a trade that involves them. I would also say do prioritise your needs, but you have to consider the other manager's needs. A trade's most likely to work if you're offering something that they need, even if you believe that the piece you're getting in return or the pieces you're getting in return are a lot better. There's no use trying to trade a running back to a team with a surplus of good running backs. You know, in the trade that that I did this weekend I really needed a high end running back and I like Leonard Fournette a lot but Leonard Fournette is one of many names who I wanted to try and target Josh's team was just the most compatible with mine in terms of what he needed, what I could give away what he could give to me so definitely consider your needs but research these other managers teams I would say. What else have you got Sharps? Yeah, I think uh, just on the back of that, I think the the trade destination is as if not more important more important than the person that you're the player that you're trading. You know, I I would never just look at a player and think right, I'm going to trade him. And then I think if you do that, you know, you, you start looking around the team, you start trying to fit him into trades that don't fit. You know, and then I think that's that's the kind of scenarios where you you lose value. I think I would rather scan around for other teams first before I've got a player in mind and think, oh, they could do the wide receiver, they could do the running back. And then look at my team and be like, oh, well, he fits the bill rather than vice versa because then I think sometimes you try and fit um, a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I would also say, especially at this early stage of the season, don't jump into a trade because you don't know how the season's going to shake out. Um, Consider all possibilities before you go through with it. It's a pretty extreme example because it's crazy that all these things happened. But a few years ago, me and Sharples went through with a trade after the first week Uh. of the season. I had Keenan Allen, he had Michael Gallup. Keenan Allen had a really down first week of the season and he had Tyrod Taylor throwing to him and Tyrod looked awful. Whereas Michael Gallup and Dak Prescott looked really good. And I jumped, I traded... And it probably wouldn't have worked out anyway because Keenan Allen's a good player. But the circumstances after the trade were unbelievable. Dak Prescott goes and breaks his ankle about two weeks later and Justin Herbert comes in for Tyrod literally the next week and the rest is history. So that's just an example of someone jumping into a trade (laughs) for no reason to. And obviously the chances of... All those things going against you when you jump into a trade aren't very high. However, they're a lot higher than if I'd have kept Keenan Allen. You know what I mean? You're putting that out there when you jump into a trade like that and you're asking for it, really. Anything to finish us off on this trade section, Sharps? Yeah, this this one's a bit a bit tough. Um, but, you know, I've been there in the past. Um if there's a new player in your league, exploit them. Okay? I mean, look, it only comes around once a year, you know, fantasy football, and you want to win. If there's a, a guy who doesn't know that much about the NFL or fantasy football or how it works, 
exploit them, okay? Take them to the cleaners. Get Patrick Mahomes for, I don't know, um, a, a bag of sand. And... Uh, <laughs> And do it, you know, because, you know, next season, the season after, if they keep sticking around, you know, they'll get there. They'll get better. They'll, you know, they'll grow up. So exploit them while they can. Take the rookies by the knees. Go and win yourself a ring. I would never do such a thing. I just want to <laughs> clarify. I would never do such a thing. But no, yeah, think about who's in your league. It's what we're generally saying. Think about who's in your league. Think about who's most likely to know. If you propose a trade to someone, who's most likely to see straight through it and who isn't, you know? It's waiver wire time. Players that are rostered in less than 50% of leagues that should definitely be rostered. Sharples, who is your first guy this week? Um, I've gone for two Roberts this week. The first of them is uh, Robert Tunyon, uh, tight end for the Green Bay Packers. Um, Coming off quite a big injury, uh, but he had seven targets last week, um, and to me he's one of the few healthy receivers that Rodgers... Knows that you can count on, um, and always, you know, whenever you're being thrown into by Aaron Rodgers, that gives you a certain level of, of comfort and, and, and a good floor. Uh, I think he'll only get better as the season goes on and as he gets healthier, and I think now is a, is a good time to pick him up. Very nice. Yeah, I'm going to go for a player on the same team, Romeo Dubs, wide receiver for the Packers. Rookie wide receiver. Now, at the beginning of the season, it seemed like you just had to swing, take a swing on one of these rookie wide receivers Dubs or Christian Watson but Christian Watson's injuries coupled with his butterfingers mean that Dubs is the guy to get now after three weeks uh, it was a real potential breakout game last week at reception 73 yards touchdown 21 fantasy points I never really bought into this Lazard having a wide receiver one ceiling I'd much rather gamble on an unknown commodity like Dubs he's getting targeted on 23% of his routes which is the most on the team and if you're talking about trust he caught all of his targets this past week so Rogers he's clearly in Rogers good book Rogers's good books and it's it's not a very nice matchup against New England but it wasn't a very nice matchup against Tampa Bay just this past week and he played really good so pick him up and I think you could probably play him in a pinch this next week who's the next rob uh, the second of the Roberts uh, is Robert Woods, uh, Mr. Bobby Trees himself. Um, nine targets against Las Vegas, um, and he showed glimpses of, of the wide receiver one that he was acquired to be. Um, you know, you've seen with, with A.J. Brown being there. When Tannehill finds a guy that he likes, he will feed him the ball. Um, A.J. Brown was always a target monster when he was at the Titans. Uh, and if Woods can stay healthy, which has always been his, um, his biggest if, uh, he should be another real uh, high-floor guy. Yeah, nice. I, I can't believe how many wave wise I'm seeing him on, considering how much he was drafted. I'm going to go Tyler Conklin, tight end for the Jets, pick this guy up. Um, I should preface this by saying that, yes, I am also very scared that Zach Wilson is going to come back and completely tank this offense. He's cleared to play, and he is bad. However... Conklin has been so involved and so good that he should be a part of the game plan for the Jets going forward regardless. He's a tight end free on the season with only one touchdown which is very, very promising and very nice to see. He's averaging eight targets a game. When a tight end is getting those sort of numbers, they need to be rostered. It's as simple as that, to be honest. It is a horrid matchup coming up against the Steelers, but Conklin this season, has he's got a guaranteed floor and that is just too valuable at the tight end position, so I'd be playing him if I had him, even against the Steelers. Some other names on the waiver wire to mention. Greg Dorch, wide receiver for the Cardinals, pick this guy up. Zay Jones, wide receiver for the Jaguars, pick that guy up as well. Khalil Herbert, obviously just in case Montgomery misses. And on the off chance that Jamal Williams is on your waiver wire, get him on your team right now. So, starting to look forward to the week ahead now, to week four, we're conscious of the fact that so far on this podcast, we've only 
recommended a certain number of players every week that we love and that we think should be started going forward for the week ahead. But we really do want to add a, like a quick shout-out segment for all of those players who are locked into your lineup in the coming week. So that's what we're going to do now. The segment is called... Forget about it! <laughs> and let's get into it. Uh, at the quarterback position, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Forget about it! Running backs, McCaffrey, Taylor, Barkley, Fournette, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb. Najee Harris. Hey, forget about it. Wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, Cup, Chase, Jefferson, Hill, Debo, Amonra, Adams, AJ Brown, Mike Evans. Forget about it. And the shortest list of all, the tight ends, Andrews, Kelsey, Pitts, Waller. Forget about it. Now that is out the way, let's give you some gems for this week four. Sharples, who are you starting at running back? Uh, at running back this week, uh, I'm going for uh, James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm um, reliably uh, been informed that he's close to being a forget about it, but he's not yet this week, and so I'm going for him. Um, he's he's stolen the lead role from, from Travis Etienne. Uh, four touchdowns in, in his last three games. Looks to be 100% back from the injury, so he deserves massive props for that. Um I think some people might be worried about him this week against the Eagles. Um, they look a staunch defense, particularly down the middle of that defensive tackle. They've got some big boys in there. But they've actually given up the eighth most uh, fantasy points to running backs. And I think another another beneficial reason for playing them is that in order to curb um, the Eagles' offense, which has obviously been really good, I think the Jaguars are going to play nice and slow. They're going to hand off to Robinson, lots of little run plays, which will give him plenty of opportunity uh, to carry the ball and hopefully get some yards. And so I think another good week for James Robinson, and hopefully next week he will be forgotten about. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm sure he will. Another good week, and I too have it on good authority that he will be. I'm going to go Jamal Williams at running back. He's, he's only the RBA on the season so far. And that is, he had two games where he was just the third down and red zone guy. Swift barely played last week and Williams had 20 carries for 87 yards. He caught two passes for 20 yards with two touchdowns, of course. The matchup against Seattle is super juicy. As a Swift owner, I'm gutted that he's out, but Seattle is allowing the third most points to the running back position. And I'd argue that Williams is... He is the, if not one of the, best running backs that he's going to play Seattle as we get this season. To me, he's already in flex consideration every week, but while Swift is out, he's a smash player. He's going to score a touchdown. He's going to get a bunch of carries, and if Amon Ross misses two, then he'll catch a lot of passes. Potential top five running back on the week, I would say. Let's move on to wide receiver, though. Who have you got, Sharps? Uh, I've gone for uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, wide receiver for the New York Jets. Uh, with this one, uh, I'm following the targets. Uh, now, Wilson came off injured uh, in his last match uh, in the second Took a big second hit, really quarter, big he, hit. He missed... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, I think he missed a good, a good quarter or so. But even with that, he still had 10 targets. So he came back on injured, limping back on, and still got the, the ball thrown at him like four or five more times. Joe Flacco loves throwing it to him. I think the targets will keep flowing as long as Flacco's, you know, there. And additionally, um, you know, Pittsburgh have given up the six most, most points to fantasy wide receivers. They're not the same defensive force uh, without TJ Watt being there to rush the quarterback. Um, and so I think targets and matchup will lead to a good week for Garrett Wilson. Nice, nice. I'm going to go DK Metcalf. I still believe in the talent of Metcalf. Obviously, the quarterback situation is shocking. Um, but the signs of life, the signs of life in week three, 17 fantasy points. He's getting targeted like crazy and he's always on the field, but the efficiency is not there. The yardage looks just awful. So what it means really for Metcalf this season is where he was a locked-in starter every week for the past at least two years you're going to have to pick and choose your matchups and I believe this week is one of them the Lions who they're playing give up a lot of points Metcalf's collegiate teammate 
and probably one of the best NFL comparisons to him, A.J. Brown, had a monster game against the Lions in Week 1. A number of Washington receivers had nice games against them in Week 2. I certainly don't expect Seattle to even win this game or for Geno to come out and look, look like Mahomes or something. But we all know how good Metcalf is, and if there's ever a week to trust him and put him in your lineup, it's definitely this week. Let's head back up to the quarterbacks, Sharples. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was a tough one this week. Um, obviously, um, with the elite elite names aside, um, you know we've already mentioned that a lot of people are struggling at quarterback, um, and so I've gone for um, a slightly left field one in uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think that he and the offense have been steadily improving since the start of the season. Um, and last week's show of uh, 220 yards and, uh, and two touchdowns was very nice. Um, I think he can do even better against the Falcons team that's uh, been a bit of a point sponge so far, uh, conceded a lot of points. Um, and if he can rush a little bit more, because he showed, you know, he, he ran 43 yards in, in game two. Um, if he can do that, plus keep the efficiency going of throwing, I think he could be a real asset going forward. So, yeah, Jacoby Brissett this week. Ah, uh, yes, Jacob E. Well, I'm going to go with Brady. Feels daft that I'm uh, allowed to put him in this segment, but given the start of the season, I am. But look, it, it's time. It's time to start considering Brady as one of those top guys again. It's been long enough, free, mediocre to bad weeks. Um, it's certainly not all Brady's fault. He's throwing to nobody's for the most part, but Mike Evans is back this week. Julio Jones is on track to return. Should be a high-scoring game against the Chiefs. And the Bucks are going to have to show us some of that offense that they, uh, they had the past few years because they're going to need to score points themselves. And I actually think they win this game, to be honest. The Chiefs have bottom 10 in the league against fancy quarterbacks so far. They blitz from the secondary so much, and Brady's going to take advantage of that. I bet Cole Bleasley sees a bunch of catches this week. And um, I, I just think Brady's going to get better the more the pieces come back, the more this offense gels again, and the more he gets he gets out of retirement mode. I think um, what I would say is if you're struggling at quarterback, if you drafted Carr or if you're streaming every week, I would be actively trying to go out and get Tom Brady this week uh, because I think he's going to have a good week, but going forward, I think he's going to be great. So... If you need a quarterback, please go out and try and trade for Tom Brady. Yeah. Tight end to round us off, Sharples. Um, I've gone for Zach Ertz uh, of the Arizona Cardinals. Been a bit of a tough offense to predict, to be honest with you, but he's he's had a sneaky good start to the season. He's currently the tight end number four. Um, and 21 targets over the past two games uh, is, is incredible volume uh, at that tight end position. Uh, 14 receptions too. The touchdowns have evaded him, but I think if he can sneak one and continue that kind of volume, he's in for an absolutely huge week. Um, and I think a good matchup uh, against the Panthers as well. So yeah, Zach Ertz for me this week. Yeah, I, I have Zach Ertz on one of my teams and it feels weird that he's the tight end four because he, he seems to... He, he, he does a lot of his work in garbage time and... The Cardinals normally play in that Sunday late window, so I'm normally in bed by garbage time of that late window. So I'll go to bed really annoyed at Zach Ertz, and I'll wake up and he'll he'll be pretty good. So yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I expect the same again because they need to throw to him. They need to throw to him. I am going to go with Devin Njoku, coupling him up with your pick of Brissett. Uh, he had a great week three. And they gave him a big bag of cash in the offseason, so you'd hope that's because they want him as a key part of their offense. Do I think he's going to be a 10-target guy every week like he was in week three? No. Do I think he's going to have at least five targets every week in an offense that needs him with a quarterback that loves throwing to the tight end? Yes. He's got a very nice matchup against the Falcons, especially compared to the Steelers linebackers that he actually got the better of in week three. And who knows, we could be seeing a new tight end one breakout before our eyes, I definitely think Njoku is one of the few players in the league that is positioned for that. But in terms of the games themselves, Shapples, what's your tier list looking like this week? Uh, quite bottom heavy uh, this week, unfortunately. Uh, I've got a couple uh, in the great, a few in the good, but the majority are in the, the meh and the bad category. So where would you like to start? Give me the great. I want the great ones uh, first. I think Bills Ravens. 
should be an absolute shootout. Two teams that are absolutely flying at the minute. I know Bills lost the last game, but it's still the Bills. Um, and then I've also gone for the Bengals Dolphins. Um, should be another, you know, um, high-scoring game. Obviously, might be dependent on if two is in, um, because you can't guarantee that from Teddy Bridgewater. But I think two uh, two exciting teams going against each other there. Yeah. I also like Jaguars at Eagles, Doug Peterson revenge game, and two teams that are playing really well at the minute. Chiefs yep. Bucks. Chiefs Bucks is always gonna gonna make your mouth water. And yep. Saints versus Vikings, just because it's in London, and it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to to tune in at, at like two p.m. and watch Jefferson do his thing. Hopefully. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> how about any games that you just not? You just you're not having any of it. I I know. I'm like I said last week. I'm going to try and pick a game every week that I'm not watching under any circumstance. That is the Bears at the Giants this week. Do you want to add to that any games that you're turning off? I, I think I can add plenty to that. Um, the beat up Lions offense without a lot of key pieces. I think against the Seahawks uh, smells quite bad. Uh, Steelers Jets. Don't think there's going to be anything interesting going on there. Falcons, Browns, boring, and Panthers, Cardinals. Who cares? Yeah, totally agree, agree, agree. Well, I mean, what a way to close out the podcast this week, Sharples. <laughs> We're lovely in it, leaving it on a high note. Have you got yeah, any other closing thoughts? Have you got any other closing thoughts? Um, any closing thoughts? No, other than to double down on the fact that if there's a weakling in the uh, fantasy league, you must take him to the cleaners. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to leave it. I'm actually going to leave the podcast on a bit of a somber note and just get people wondering. Maybe maybe Russell Wilson's hand is just never going to get better from last season. Maybe that's... That can, that can happen. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. Um, well, we'll leave you with that one. And, um, and thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Enjoy the football. Goodbye. Bye-bye.